Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Demon Slayer Chronicles where today we are going to be kicking off season two episode one diving into the wrapping up of Rengoku's kind of overall arc and the train arc and moving into the entertainment district arc which I know I'm incredibly excited about I think Dylan you're getting your first kind of taste of it obviously I've read through the whole manga but Dylan you were experiencing all of this fresh and kind of as an anime only watcher and Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk with you about kind of the kicking off of season two. It feels like it's been forever and I'm very, very excited for this season. Yeah. I mean, it's super hype. And like as an anime only watcher, um, I know I still just have like the residual hype from the first season in the movie just being all so incredible that it's like, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to dive in some more. Yeah, absolutely. And we will be diving in here in just a second. But if you are looking for more anime content, make sure to go over to youtube.com slash class one a where we do a bunch of my hero academia content, including this Demon Slayer podcast that we are going to be doing each and every episode of season two of Demon Slayer. So make sure to stay up to date with everything we do over there. And then of course, leave your comments and thoughts in the leave your thoughts in the comments below, like the video and all that it helps the algorithm find it and does us a huge favor if you enjoy the video at all. But let's jump into a very high level thoughts of the um, not high level recap of the first episode of the season. And I mean high, high level because this was a 40 minute episode kind of for the next episodes. I might be doing it, but I'm going to take you through a very high level here where basically it picks up right at the end of the Mugen Train movie or arc, whichever one you watch pretty much ends in the exact same place with all of them kind of having the conversation after when Goku's death. They all end up going back to the Butterfly Mansion where they are going through recovery with even Zenitsu really seeing a difference in both Tanjiro and Inosuke, really seeing that this was immensely changing for them. One day Tanjiro is gone where he does go off to meet Rengoku's brother and father, kind of as a last source for Rengoku, where we do learn a couple of things that we'll dive more into here, but more likely we learn about some breathing a little bit. We meet the brother who is very much look up to Rengoku and we meet the father that is kind of an old bitter man who was a Hishiro once, but pretty much wants nothing to do with Tanjiro, really wants nothing to do with Rengoku. And that's really about all we learn here. Pretty much that there is some hope of learning more about some breathing down the road, but it seemed to be destroyed and Rengoku's brother is going to look into that. After that, everyone has recovered and there's pretty much a training arc. We don't know exactly how long this goes on, but it pretty much ends with the training arc where everyone kind of comes back together because we do meet a new Hishiro that is going to be one of the main characters of the season, just based off the opener, considering he's in half of the opener when you watch it. But it is the sound Hishiro Azui who is looking to take a couple of the girls from the Butterfly Mansion on a mission that requires girls. And Tenjiro shows up saying, hey, how dare you? There's a couple of really funny interactions. These two are literally butting heads. And it ends up being with Tenjiro, Zenetsu, and Inosuke volunteering themselves to go along with the Hishira instead of having any of the girls taking, setting up and heading into the Entertainment District arc, which so many people have heard, or you might have seen a couple of episodes of at this point. And that is about all I'm going to kind of do. We'll be talking through pretty much the first half and the second half of the episode, kind of treating them as two different episodes here, even though it's one big one. So we'll dive into some more of the big details. But that's a quick overall recap. And did it get you excited for season two, Dylan? Or is it just a little too slow and you need another episode or two before you get really going? No, I thought it was like kind of perfect. Um, I felt like the cool down from the movie was really felt in this. Um, obviously, they I feel like they really had to have that there, especially because they're coming off of like an arc 
of the last movie because uh, I, I like how this is airing as they aired the movie uh, basically as a season and immediately went into this. So that is definitely like needed. And I think felt pretty well. Um, and like the intro to the new arc, which is like incredibly exciting because uh, it's like, okay, new Hishira, uh, new area. You have like the opening that happens right after it. So all of it together kind of like teases you with all these cool things like, okay, like new, new people, new powers, new area. And then here's the opener that inherently is a teaser about what's to come. So I know it's all just like really, really exciting. Yeah. I mean, it, it worked really well for me the first opening because I literally watched the movie and then I went straight into the first episode. And I think doing the arc was a really good thing too. I think if you were a movie watcher, you watched in July, then you came into this as your first episode, it may have been a little slow, but for how we do, and I think how a lot of people are consuming either week to week through the arc, it was really good pacing. And I did love having the closing of it because it would have felt off in the movie. Um, so I think this was a really good place to put it. And I really did love kind of getting the more down to earth kind of size, seeing a former Hashira and all that kind of being down in the dumps and just getting a little bit more Rengoku, one of my favorite characters of all time. So just getting a little bit more of him and kind of seeing the impact that he had on multiple people. I loved. And then of course, setting up for a new arc, one of my favorites of the entire franchise. So again, I'm not going to be spoiling anything. I'm, I'll make little comments like that here and there, but this will be spoiler free. We're only going through what the anime is actually watching week by week. So I won't spoil too much. I just say like, Hey, it's going to get better from here. It's pretty much all I'll say. I promise. But I, one thing I, I did think was super interesting about it though, is they could have made the ending of that movie. Like what we saw the first 20 minutes, its own episode. And they decided not to. And I thought that was super cool to just make it a 40 minute episode and be like, okay, well, we want to have the cool down, but like, it just feels like filler almost like if it's yeah. just a cool down episode, it's like the episode that we always dread at the beginning of any new show in an anime ever. We're like, okay, the, the, it's the first episode, but we know it's going to be, it's going to be a recap. It's going to be a clip episode. It's going to be a throwaway episode. I'm glad that they kind of subverted that and said, nope. We're going to give it to you, but we're also giving you the good stuff right after. Don't worry. I, I agree. I think if it was only the first half, no matter how you consumed it, I agree. Would have felt like filler. Would have felt like, ah, like, come on. I needed a little bit more to kind of get going to season two. So, and I love 40 minute runtime. If every episode was just 40 minutes, you <laughs> cut the season in half. I'm all for that. I love the longer episodes, but yeah, I agree with that. But before we actually get into talking about any of the um, episode, we have a new opener. And we love talking about openers. We, oh, yeah. Whenever it comes to my hero, it is. And what are your initial thoughts to it? I think for me, it always takes me a couple episodes and a couple of listens through for it to really either click with me or not click with me. But what are your first thoughts? Yeah. So uh, the intro that was done by Aimer, um, really good, I think, for where it was placed. I would definitely need to like sit with it for a little bit and see how it feels episode by episode. Because, uh, like, the mark of, like, a good opener, uh, to me at least, is I pop up in the episode every single week and I go, okay, I'm ready for the intro to hype me up for the experience that I'm about to get. I thought it worked perfectly in the episode because, like, of where it hit, it was, like, it was, like, almost comedic of, like, uh, uh, Azui turns around and is just, like, we're, we're going to go somewhere demons are. And then, like, opening hits and you're, like, oh, it's the entertainment. It's so cool. Like, I think it that hits kind of, like, perfectly in the episode, but I need to see how it feels week by week. Uh, but where it was, at least for this one, was, like, kind of perfect. Like, it just, it's fit in there so perfectly, and it, like, it flowed really well, and it hyped me up for the season. So, I thought here, at least, perfect. Delayed intros 
are my favorite thing in anime. When you can nail a really good delayed one, because otherwise you always expect like, okay, we're going to get about a minute of the anime and then we're going to get the opener and then it's actually going to kick off and have real things happening here. But when it was like, what, 20, 25 minutes in, I think is how long it was. No, it was like 30. It was like, because it was, uh, they, they played the opener and then they played the ending right after it. Like they played oh, yeah. it back to back. So it was literally right at the end. Uh, and they, you they, just yeah, watched this. It. I'm a couple of days. I watched this a couple of days ago. So you just watched it. So this is all very fresh for you. So I, I apologize for that. But yeah, I, I love it. it. It doesn't get old. And I have watched the next se- episode in the season as well, too. And I think it gets good. And as you start filling out characters, it's one of the ones where you have no idea what's going on. So as you learn more about the season, you connect the dots and kind of catch more references. I think it's one that only gets better with time. And then you get more hype for as you learn more about it, in my opinion. Yeah, I, at first I thought the the scene at the very beginning was the opener of where they're kind of playing music and they're doing shots of like the train and whatnot. And then they're like, they're leading up to like, uh, where, you know, going to like Muzin Kid or whatever, like, like as they're leading up to it, they were doing like slow shots. And there's like this, like kind of like very chill, like ominous music. I thought that was the opener at first. And I was like, Oh, they're, they're really taking a different <laughs> direction with this, this arc, I guess. No, but I think, We'll talk more about the opener kind of as it goes on. I think, like I was kind of saying, we don't know anything that's going on at this point. So I think we do move on and talk a little bit about what we do know. And like I said, let's treat this as kind of the first part we're going to hit is wrapping up Rengoku, ending a Mugen train, how we're feeling about all that, and even kind of the transition training period. We can kind of talk about a little bit of that here. But do you feel like you have all the closure you need on Rengoku after spending 25 minutes with his family, with his dad? kind of going through all that do you feel like the introduction of the character and the wrapping of the arc was satisfactory now or do you feel like you still need more um i think my sentiment going off of the movie is probably still the same here of like no i'm not, i don't feel fully wrapped on this character but that's because the character was just ripped out uh and and killed super early on which like needed to like like that that's just part of the story and that's like the feeling they want to give you here um so no i don't i feel like feel like we lost him too early and it's sad but like i i feel like that's that's a good feeling out of this because the way that they kind of like end his arc at least here and his story is like one that is like bittersweet um bitter because you know his dad is still in the same spot like if not worse because like dad threw away being a hashira and wanted to throw it away for his sons because he didn't want his sons going to the same line of duty and his one son ended up dying, right? Like the, the thing he didn't want to happen. Um, and, and that relationship between um, the younger son and him not being repaired in front of our eyes. Um, and then Frank Goku just not being around. All of that, like, is the bitter part. But, like, the sweet of it is, like, now Tanjiro has this, like, this force to drive him forward. He wants to learn more about what's happening with, like, all the different, like, flame techniques or whatever. And he has, like, a... Um, kind of like I guess like a North Star to really shoot for now of like I want to be strong so I can save people in that situation again because like he's he's lamenting of like I wasn't strong enough like if I was just stronger I could have done something and now like he already had that like push to go and train and get stronger but this one is like a very in your face very clear get stronger for this kind of reason Um, so it's bittersweet in that way but like it's good I think they left it where they needed to leave it. Yeah, and like, first, it's crazy that I feel this way, but for Tanjiro, who literally lost his family, and that's kind of where it started this whole journey for him, 
I don't felt like he ever felt the need. Like he always wanted to get stronger. He wanted to protect people, but I don't felt like he ever had the same desire to really grow strong and really be the strongest. He always just wanted to protect Nesco and all that. And kind of having this second kind of moment in him that even though it wasn't a family member and something he didn't know for that long, but it's like, no, now it's his kind of goal is changing away from just protecting Nesco, which is still always number one for him. But now, no, I need to be strong. And I want to protect kind of everyone kind of moving over to that Deku like vibe. I've come from my hero academia and, and I love that and kind of showing he's a character that we always think of as happy outside of when he's cutting off demons heads and he cries for him for 30 seconds, but kind of seeing him in this kind of depressive state and then having this go and wrap up. I think the change in Tanjiro, I, I really enjoy so far, but um, yeah, it's the whole brother and father kind of thing is incredibly sad. Everything about it that, you kind of hope at the very end, there's a second of kind of redemption of when uh, the brother gives him Rengoku's last note of just take care of yourself. And he kind of puts the alcohol down for a second and he kind of hopes something in there sparks a change. But otherwise, it's just more sadness really to an already very sad character, which is uh, not how you want to kind of start a season, but they still did it really well. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they do the, the balancing of, like, humor and sadness super well. Um, and I saw, I saw someone bring this up of, like, when you have a show of where the main antagonists are, like, demons who just want to hurt people and sad things are constantly happening, people are constantly dying, you just need to make the main cast the, the silliest, dumbest characters outside of those fights as possible. Yeah. I, think, I think they nailed that formula, like, perfectly because, like, you take away any of like the seriousness of the fights and you put them in another situation. They're literally like googly eyed walking around, bumping into like, like the most slapstick humor possible. And it seems like such a like big, uh, like rift between those two feelings. I feel like you almost have to have that to just like stay sane during the show. Yeah. And it doesn't feel unnatural. Cause yeah, it's kind of the more, so we're talking about Tanjiro's like how he's in his motions. He goes there and kind of meets with the father then and the father instantly starts just kind of fighting and that little fight there's funny and, and learning about the former year and all that kind of stuff. But then it goes back to the sad stuff right after that learning about sun breathing the serious like it really does go 180 mm-hmm. degrees each way every couple of minutes it feels like because then after all of this of where the very last scene you see with Rengoku's uh, father and brother it goes the next cut I'm pretty sure is exactly Tanjiro getting back to Butterfly Mansion and being almost murdered by the swordsmith. I mean, yeah. it literally goes from one of the most somber moments of his father, like, oh, his father's assuming that his son is going to tell him how bad he is, to literally just, again, slapstick humor. And again, you don't think about that until you're kind of doing a retrospective like this, because it all feels natural, because that's what Demon Slayer expects. Here's a yeah. minute or two of serious, minute or two of fun. Goes back and forth. There's some exceptions to it, but I love the formula, and I don't feel like too many other anime do it as well as that. I haven't watched as much as you have, but it is a different vibe than I think any other anime has managed to achieve. Yeah, I really want to go back and watch some some older things that kind of deal with a similar issue uh, because nowadays you have to like build around that. So what I mean by that is before, when you're constructing a show, you have almost guaranteed ad slots and you could like structure your story around those ad slots. So where you could have like, all serious and then you know an ad is coming up like an ad break and you're like okay cool this is a perfect zone of where i can cut and it's humor afterwards and because it's broken up by an ad you don't feel that kind of like Mm. pull everywhere and so it's easier to pull off but when shows are coming out nowadays you basically 
have points of where there are going to be ads, but you just don't factor those in because most people are watching them just like direct streaming now. Yeah. So it's this new balancing act of where you're like, okay, we need to get the, the, the like sudden change in emotions happening, but we need to do it in front of their eyes, which is, is just wild to me that they're able to pull it off so well. Yeah. And again, all of it looks amazing. Like this first episode, there wasn't really much or fighting or anything kind of like that, but I just love the animation of Demon Slayer. Everything just looks mm-hmm. so clean. Not saying that other shows don't. I just love how Demon Slayer looks every second of it. Um, but I think kind of moving over and talking about the second half of the episode, which was mostly humor, a little bit of seriousness here and there, but kind of more of the lighthearted setting up of an arc, introduction of the sound of Shirazui. What are your what are your th- initial thoughts? I have, a, yeah? I have a big problem, and it needs it needs we need to talk about it because I so context to this, I watched the subs and I watched it on uh, the wonderful streaming platform that is Crunchyroll, um, which is where most people are watching it. Uh, why did they have to? Why did they have to say hentai there? And then why did they have to put it in capital letters? Because uh, because normally you'd be like, oh wow, it's a capital le-, and it didn't get translated. I don't know what this word means. I it, maybe I should go look it up. No, no. Why would you do like? Why not just just put pervert? Just put pervert there. Why 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 did they not translate it right there? Why did they have to do that? They did. That's... They they made they made the choice. Like they 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 made the choice, and it was so clear because like the 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 like the sticky like uh rice dumpling things are just are just dongos. You could have just called them that. That's like a normal name for the food. Um, every like people at, like everywhere call them that too. But no, they were like, we should translate that, but not this other word that is going to cause a lot more problems. They should have just translated it. Why not? I loved it though. That whole introduction, Tanjiro coming in unaware and joining in on all of it, like it's it whatever. I I get where you're coming from, but and I the think slap the slap was not okay. <laughs> I think the full two minutes was just perfect. I mean, that that whole introduction to him was one of my favorite kind of character introductions of all time. Because he, like he's for viewers, you kind of know him because he's in the intro. You kind of remember him from like the first time you met all this year, so you know who he is. But still, Tanjiro not no one taking him seriously and just calling him a pervert and stuff is. I, I thought it was just kind of peak Demon Slayer humor, and and I loved it. And it, it only got better from there, kind of when the rest of the cast got introduced too, and Nosuke and uh, Azui being so similar. Zenetsu's gonna hate him. Tanjiro's just gonna follow him around like a little puppy. Like everyone has his own interactions with them. Like I love Rengoku as a character, but I think the interactions with the cast and Azui is gonna be ten times better than anything we've seen up to this point just because of who he is as a character um, and just kind of his flashy man. I, he's like a self-proclaimed flashy man or something like that. I forget yeah, exactly what he calls himself. His, his like whole concept is interesting because like, uh, he said he was like raised as like a shinobi and then he like uh, eventually became a Shira, which is cool because like the idea of a Shira like kind of like pretty hardly based around samurai, right? Um, and these two concepts are like kind of like opposed to each other, like the way that like uh, their martial arts are. So that's super interesting. I'm like really excited to see what his combat actually looks like against demons. Yeah, and I think the combat's super exciting. But even it's just he doesn't feel like he really fits into the Demon Slayer world. I mean, compared to all the other characters that we met, he is so out there. I mean, Nosuke to this point has felt like the most far removed person 
from like the rest of the Demon Slayer cast. Even Zenetsu and Tanjiro, they still make more sense in the world. But now we have Azui, who feels even farther outside than Zenetsu, because he's all about the flashy. He's all about this strong personality where everyone else, at least Ashira-wise, has been very much about killing demons, doing what's right. They all have their little quirks here and there, but he almost feels like he's not real in the world. And I, and I almost enjoyed that because they do do a good job of still centering him in it. He is a shinobi and all that, but just his personality is so far away from Rengoku, who we just spent as the last Ishira, that I like the, um, up the, how different they are, I guess. I should say. Yeah, I, I really hope that this is like, the pacing of the show of like, here's an arc that you're going to spend with the Hishira, learn about like that Hishira and do shenanigans with them. Um, I actually kind of really like that. I, I hope I'm hoping that some of the future arcs are set up in that similar way. Cause just getting that like quick preview at the end of season one of all the different Hishira, a lot of them are really cool. And I want like entire arcs like we're getting with the Zui right now. Well, that's the thing. I think, it would just be a shame if you didn't do that. I mean, with yeah. how much you set up and like, again, we haven't really seen many of them. Most of them have only said maybe only a couple words kind of in the show, but you just see how much work was put into every single different character in the one or two episodes we kind of got with them. That would be a shame not to at least get a couple episodes with them, if not a whole arcs. I, I completely agree. And I would love to see more um, of it because yeah, I guess the entertainment arc went on for the whole one. So I guess... That's more than like the only one we're going to see this season. But I think as it goes on season three, season four, I don't even know how long the show is going to go, but I hope we do get a lot more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, any, anything else really about Azua? I guess obviously we kind of got a very high level of what the mission is going to be that they're going into the entertainment arc and the entertainment district, but we don't know too much else beyond that. Um, but I think that'll be mostly of what next episode is as it's kind of set up. But any last thoughts on kind of the introduction of Zuzui in the second half of the episode. No, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly interested to see what the like ongoing dynamic is between him and the big three, just seeing like how that kind of in, those interactions feel and what the dynamic is. And then I'm just really excited to see how he fights. I just want to see him fight uh, and just see his style. I think it's going to be super interesting. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited. I mean, I think there's like seven more characters we haven't met in the opener yet. I'm excited to meet new characters. Excited for some of the cross-dressing of Tanjiro and all that kind of stuff, too. Because you do know what's coming, because you've probably seen a tweet about it. you probably see a little bit of it in the opening and all that. So I'm excited to kind of seeing how they kind of deal with some of that situation. So a lot, a lot to look forward to, and I'm excited about all of it. And one last thing, kind of before we give you a chance for the Taisho secret, is the gimmick of the swordsmith being mad at Tanjiro and Nosuke, whoever it is. I don't think that I'll ever get old. It's the same thing every time. He just gets pissed. He threatens to kill him. He chases him around a little bit. They get and away. He did and the too. Just having the mask always just be that safe expression. Oh, it's so good. Because what I think this is what the third time maybe. I think the first time is like when his sword was black. The second time, um, when he cut it after fighting the spider demon, and now this time. And again, if it happened three more times at the right times, I would laugh <laughs> again every single time. And I love it. So that's just it's the one kind of gimmick fit. I want to give it to. But all right let's give you a chance for Taisho Secret of the Week. Yeah, here's a Taisho Secret. I want to talk a little bit today about Shinobi because um, they are, they're big, they're popular. Um, we talk about, I think, I feel like recently we had a big renaissance of samurai themed things. Uh, talking about samurai in media and, and stuff a bunch. Uh, but Shinobi um, also might commonly be referred to as ninja. 
Uh, they get that name from ninjutsu, which is like the martial art that shinobi perform. Um, so typically they were just spies and assassins and whatnot. Uh, their fighting techniques were considered a little bit more dirty, and that's why they're such at a big clash with samurai, because samurai is supposed to be like super honorable. They're like part of nobility and whatnot. Um, but the interesting thing I want to talk about for this Taisho secret is that in this point in time, this is the early 1900s in the show, um, by like 18, like 50s, we have been so far removed from like um, shinobi existing in Japanese society that they were like a pop culture icon already at that point. Like by the 1850s, they were already like writing stories about them and telling like tales. Um, there was a bunch of folk tale of like they could go invisible and they could run on water and stuff. Like you had a lot of like interesting stories and they were in the pop culture. And so like at this point, the amount that were actually like active and whatnot were like next to none. They were probably just spies at that point. Um, but it's just interesting because like basically when he shows up and he's like, I'm a ninja, it's like if we had a, a like a, a show and like someone's like, yeah, I'm a cowboy. But like the gunslinging, shooting kind of where it's like, oh, this is like a pop culture kind of thing. Uh, so I thought that was super interesting because uh, the fact that we're like grounded in a real time with a lot of real implications happening around this fantasy show. Um, there's a lot of interesting things going on and a lot of dynamics that we might miss. That was one. And that is our Taisho secret for today. Well, that's very cool. I was, but yeah, I was about to ask kind of if the, how many were around at that point still too. But I do forget that this is set in an exact time that you can look up all this. Yeah, um, and like actual hard numbers during the Edo period, which was like a long, long time before this, there was like 300 active. So like... It was they, never that big. No, they were, it was never that big. Uh, and in fact, nowadays, uh, you can actually take a master's university course. Um, and every year three people get certified as shinobi really yeah well that's really cool but yeah i think that i, I love the, i love the little snippets here and there i guess i don't have too much to add to it i think that's i think that's super cool and i i'm really interested to see kind of where you go with the rest of the season just kind of knowing where it is a couple situations that you might have cool things to bring up but i think that's about all we got for this episode of demon slayer chronicles you got anything else to throw in there dylan no i'm just I'm excited. I'm excited because it's like uh, we're getting back into the show. We're watching it. Um, I'm just excited to talk through it because I have heard like I haven't seen spoilers, but I've heard just like the rumblings off of Twitter. People just be like, it's really good. It's really good. So I'm just I'm just excited. I'm just yeah. so excited for it. I am very excited to see everyone find the animation. Apparently, that's what it is that from what I've heard is the animation will be better this season than season one. And I cannot wait to see that. And I think that is where we'll leave you all with that. We'll be back in two weeks from now with episode two recap. Make sure, of course, to stay up to date on youtube.com slash class1a for all of our videos. Otherwise, we do do this on all podcasting platforms across the world. Demon Slayer Chronicles, you can find it there as well. So make sure to stay updated on whatever platform you want. And we will see you all then. Thank you very much for listening.